Hello, everybody. Look at that energy. And welcome <laughs> to not a World Cup preview, but almost a preview to the preview because we have the squad for Italy women. We also have seen a friendly happen, and it's the last one before the thing. So that's the last look you're getting before they, if they got first. I feel like you'd know that off the top of your head. <laughs> I, I really didn't <laughs> expect a question because I feel like it's Argentina. I'm, not being spoken to or having been introduced. It is no, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, before you see them play Argentina, you're not going to see them play again, unless you didn't see the Morocco game or watch it again in full somewhere. Um, but you don't need to, because we're going to tell you all about it, as well as the squad, and it's an interesting squad. Connor is with me. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm a little bit tired, but I've got my freshly brewed mocha pot of coffee beside me, and I've got a slight sniffle, but we should be able to navigate our way through without the listeners hearing too many sniffles. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We're matching. I have coffee and sniffles. Wow. Brilliant. Where's your coffee? I've not <laughs> seen it yet. It's just here in a little green cup. That's not little. This is little. Well, that's little it, but <laughs> I appreciate that. That probably does just look like a big mug on the screen. It does look but like a mug, it, yeah. it, it is little. Okay. <laughs> um, it's moderately sized. It's like the size that Americana should be. In my eyes, that's quite nice. Although, I feel like you, you, that's not what your dog looks like. I feel that's quite a distinct type of dog. That I think people either like that dog or they don't. Do you See, know I, mean? I think this is a this is a part two of a joke, right? Because my sister and I wanted a dog for a long time. This is when I was still living at home. And one Christmas, my mum got me a mug which had a dog on. And a couple of socks came in the mug with a dog on. Mm. And she said, on Christmas Day, it's the only dog you're ever going to get. And then, (laughs) yeah, about five years later, we got a dog. And then when I moved away, she got me this little dog espresso mug, which I took as a a nice little callback to that Christmas gift. But that's a character building joke that one <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of assumed that the way she delivered it as well was like you. in fits of laughter <laughs> well you're holding back tears <laughs> to, to quantify what I said about the breed of dog it's like a little Frenchy thing isn't it yeah I feel like I, I'm not particularly asked by those dogs but I know some people who like that's their favourite dog yeah I'll tell you I know a lot of people because in Liverpool they are literally everywhere if you ever want to see Frenchies or little bulldogs come to Liverpool and you'll see I remember thinking that when I went to Liverpool yeah. It's even more now, because obviously everyone got a dog in COVID, and they all got that type of dog. <laughs> Interesting. But anyway. But anyway. I've got the cool. calendar up now. you got the calendar. So it's Argentina first. It's Argentina first on the 24th of July, then it's Sweden on the 29th of July, and then it's South Africa on the 2nd of August. Look at the way I've got it colour-coded. I've got Italy in, in blue and Ireland in green. You can't really see the colour. Oh, very nice. But yes, um, I've got two countries at this World Cup. It's nice, yeah. isn't it? That will yeah. never happen in the men's game because neither of them qualify. <laughs> and the fact that one of them doesn't is inexplicable. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very much so. We have a squad, Ewan. There is a squad. Um, I'm sorry, I, I was slightly distracted there because I'm just gathering intel because I know that something that there is that there's there's a lot of as you might expect. There's a lot of not good stuff in the lead up to this World Cup with squads like Canada and Jamaica <clears> have <throat> made a lot of headlines for 
not having any funding from their federations and their preparation being horrendous and stuff. South Africa are in that boat as well. Um, they now they've sat out a game in a pay dispute, and a thirteen-year-old player was called in. Um, this was eat, eat that, Julia Dragoni. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a senior player. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a standoff between the team and the soccer association, um, the national one. Um, and... Is it right? So that's obviously bad, but is it? wrong that i'm kind of thinking i'll get in because well, uh, yeah, are in ireland's group <laughs> south africa are in italy yeah it, it it's it's one of them that i think yeah we'd all rather it wasn't the case but mm. it doesn't mean that it's not a sporting event yeah, for, for the next <laughs> month allow yeah, it <laughs> it is you know it's it's a fact that they'll probably be worse than they would have been if everything was in order um but yeah anyway that's just a bit of context for the group um on a serious note, sorry, but we're going off on tangents already. It is like, it is quite depressing how many teams there are issues around, mm. and not issues as in the squad's a bit controversial or their players are out of form. Like quite serious, basic issues for for the way these players are treated and the way and the way things are going to be. Like it, you saw how bad it was with France as recently as this year. And then things change quite dramatically. Spain have so many problems and have had since... Well, they've been going on for a year now, publicly. Um, and they're going to be depleted at the World Cup because a lot of their best players aren't going to be there. Norway did as well, didn't they? Ada Hegelberg disappeared for, yeah. in, in protest. Like It um, makes me... It does... Sorry to bring... I'm not sorry at all, we're at World Cup. But to, to bring Ireland into this, <laughs> like it makes me a little bit pleased and almost proud that our issues were brought to the public knowledge a long time ago like i can't remember the year but i can remember the pictures and the faces of like stephanie roach and louise quinn and Anya gorman and katie mccabe katie mccabe looks like a child in these photos where they're protesting about the treatment and having to get changed out of their tracksuits in airport bathrooms so the tracksuits can be handed over to the the underage men's teams who need them like and now it's brilliant like the way the irish women's national team is treated is on par with the men's they were the first national teams to introduce equal pay as well and it it is quite upsetting that places like canada where yeah, you kind of subconsciously look up to right moment. yeah because north america was always like the 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 trend setter, the, the the pace setter in, in women's football. And Canada being in, in in this position just doesn't really make sense. France are one of the best teams in the world. Spain have the potential to be one of the best teams in the world. But I don't know. Our little area of Northwest Europe, I think they're starting to do it right. And mm-hmm. that could, well, it's already reaped rewards for England last year, the Euros. And it might well again this year, but I don't know. I've been saying it to you. Ireland are going to win the World Cup. Well, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to turn around and say no. <laughs> I'm also not saying yes. <laughs> I'm just letting you continue to be in that little bubble that you're enjoying. It just happened. It just happened the yeah. other day. I, I, I realised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who might have popped that bubble? Um, but yes, Italy. We've got to talk about them. Do you want to do friendly first, chronologically? Because... It is then relevant to the squad announcement. I I think we should just 
take the Mix. squad on. Just bash yeah. through the squad first and foremost, because that's the the newsiest thing, isn't mm. it? So we'll talk through the squad, and given that you were at the friendly, you can yeah. drop friendly relevant information in as you see fit. Yeah, throughout. cool. For anyone who doesn't know, they drew nil nil with Morocco. Um, there you go. Um, <laughs> the squad was announced yesterday, um, inexplicably at Sunday evening. I was out for dinner. Yes, Sunday evening. <laughs> I wasn't out, but I was busy, and it was really annoyingly tight. <laughs> yes. um, if they, like, just do it. Didn't, if they've done it this morning, it's going to get a lot more coverage. Like we, we were. Slow, I appreciate we're not the main dudes or whatever, but we were slow to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine a lot of other people would have been slower than they would have been if it were done on Monday morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not. They're, they're not flying it. until. Today is the third, which is Monday. They're not flying until Wednesday, so I don't know why it had to be Sunday night. Mm. Um, right, we're going to read the squad. We're going to take it in positions. So I'll start with the goalkeepers. You oh, do right, right. Vice versa. Um, Raquel Baldi from Fiorentina. Should we say teams? Let's say teams. Yes. Raquel Baldi from Fiorentina. Francesca Durante from Inter. And Laura Giuliani from Milan. Well done. The defenders, we've got Elisa Bartoli of Roma, Lisa Boatin of Juventus, Lucia Di Guglielmo of Roma, Maria Luisa Filangeri and Beatrice Merlo are going, but they're not part of the squad. They're just part of the, the, the preparations out there. Um, so they're going to be on a standby list, I'd suppose. Uh, Martina Lanzini of Juve, Elena Villanari of Roma, Benedetta Orsi of Sassuolo and Cecilia Salvai of Juve. I like that set of names. Um, midfielders, Ariana Caruso from Juve, Valentina Chernoia from Juve, Julia Dragoni from Barcelona. Full name, please. 16-year-old Julia Dragoni. <laughs> Child. 16-year-old with no first team appearances, Julia yeah. Dragoni. Um, Manuela Giuliano from Roma, Giada Greggi from Roma, and Emma Severini from Fiorentina, who... I believe, made a debut at the Morocco game. Yes, like Dragoni. And like Dragoni and the first name I'm going to list in the forwards. She's another Mm -hmm. teenager, 19. Um, The forwards then are Chiara Bacari, 18-year-old Chiara Bacari of Juventus slash Como. Um, Maybe Sassuolo next season, by the way. I've been hearing some whispers. Barbara Bonansea, Sofia Cantore, Cristiana Girelli, all of Juventus. And then all of Roma, Valentina Giacinti, Benedetta Ionna, and Anna Maria Serturini. Let's go admissions to begin with. The, the, the admission that was made earlier was Saragama, um, who is 34, so an aging player, but not stupidly old. Um, played a lot for Juve. Maybe isn't as good as she was a year or two ago, but played a lot last season. Um, she wasn't in the pre-squad of, was it 32? Um, Which is quite big. She then said, um, she came out on her her Instagram and basically explained that she, after the the Coppa Italia final, the the Roma and Juventus players were all sent um, what they have to do fitness-wise, health-wise, their sort of regime for for Italy ahead of the World Cup. And she said she did all that um, and then found out about three days before, was it? Was it three days before the thirty-two was announced? Yeah, um, it must have been right because yeah. otherwise it didn't make sense. The three days reference. Yeah, she then found out that she's not in it. Um, 
not being in the World Cup squad, I suppose maybe wouldn't have been the maddest thing if she wanted to go a bit younger, but not even in that 32. Seems quite odd to me. Um, and she basically criticised the communication of it. Yeah. And and she, she didn't explicitly say it, but she clearly disagrees with the decision. Yeah. Um, and thinks that Which, she has more to offer. Of course she will, right? Yeah. Now, I... I think it's tricky because I do think there is a need for Italy to move in a slightly different direction. Um, But I can see what she's saying about the communication of it and just the the way that it's being done. Because I think if you want to move away from that generation of player, it shouldn't be happening now. It, It should have happened during the qualification stage or... At some point before now, I don't see, like, I'm I'm looking at that squad and I don't see a massive Saragama-shaped hole in the defensive unit because we've got Elena Linari, who captained the team against Morocco and is, is brilliant. Cecilia Salvai, like, there's your two centre-backs. And Martina Lanzini is also excellent. And Benedetto Orsi was very good and very assured. Partly in there as well. As a you know, yeah, as a right centre back, even yeah, like that that defense is stacked in terms of decent players, and I love it when we're talking about this in in the context of Serie A, like they're all brilliant players, but in the context of the world, it's like yeah, they're good, but <laughs> they're not. There they're are not, others, yeah, <laughs> and I, I do. I, I think Sarah Gamma is an excellent professional, and she's got a lot to offer, and she's she's not going to be retiring this summer or probably next, but you looked at what Italy did or what happened to Italy at last summer's European championship. And one of the most striking things in the, like the showpiece game of that collapse was the hammering against France. And one of the things that really stood out was Italy's defense looks slow. Like, slow so with that being the case i can see why maybe you don't want to have both linari and gamma there maybe it was always going to be one or the other and given the season that linari and roma have just had i i don't think it's it's much of a discussion i i think linari goes and I, i don't think the two of them should be playing in the same team and then Cecilia Salva is not rapid, but she's like the quicker Juventus centre-back, right? Lenzini probably falls into that category too. And Orsi's got a bit of pace. So that's like, I don't know if they're going to play with a back four. Morocco suggests it's going to be a back three. Um, that'll be fine. So I don't think there's any need to spend a long time talking about this from a technical standpoint. And we don't know the the intricacies of the the communication, but it does seem like there's a lot of things there that you think, yeah, like Milena Bartolini, was there any need to like lead her on? She probably deserves a bit more respect than that to just, she's a professional, you know, she's a big, a big grown adult. Like you can just sit there and have a chat with her. She, properly. She's like a, she's a pillar of the yeah. game in Italy. Yeah. You know, she, she was I, I, in the wake of this, I was reading various things about her and she was one of the, driving forces in the professionalism and all that sort of thing. Also as well, for a black person to captain Italy, Mm. for a black woman to captain Italy, she's a remarkable professional and she will always be one of the 
the references, one of the pillars of Italian women's football. It doesn't matter how far it goes. She will always be one of the first players that was like, yeah, Sarah Gamma was bloody good. Indeed. So she won't be there. She's not happy about it. Not that you would be, but she's publicly not happy about it. But they have to all kind of ignore that now. She's got a tournament to do. The the defenders is the least controversial set, isn't it? Even with Saragama's thing, like and yeah. that says a lot. Yeah, because I think that's that's the only thing that yeah. that you could really pick up on. Um, where obviously we'll talk about the rest, but I think the midfield, you know, there's a couple of unusual things in there, and and exclusion from the forward. Uh, well, I suppose from the defence, it depends what way you put her. But a lot of people wanted um, Bergamaski to go, didn't they? Yeah, um, fair point. So. If if she's doing a three, then I suppose technically that puts her in the midfield. But whatever, I mean, I mean, we saw at the Euros, it, it, it would, you know, particularly against Sweden, it would be a five, um, yeah, in in practice. So that's I, I suppose would would who's who's the most right sided defender they've got there? It's Bartoli, isn't it? and Orsi can go there, can't See, she? Right. So the, there are things to discuss here, despite it not being yeah. controversial, because Orsi has played as a right fullback and a right wing back with Sassuolo. Mm. Um she hates it. So right, okay. she this bothers me though. And it bothered me the other day because Benedetta Orsi as a fullback or a wing back is excellent because she's quick, she's good defensively, but also she's one of the better crossers of a ball in Italy. So I think she looks like one. She does yeah. look like a right back on yeah. the field. But she she sees herself as a centre back, um, mm. and she wants to play centre back for both Sassuolo and for the national team. Because she's, not she's good either. there too. No, she's not tall, but I think it works in that when she's the centre, she's the the middle of a three, and she's a bit more of a. We'll get into that with the Morocco game, I'm sure. But when you're playing against Morocco and you've got Martina Piemonte playing. Put Orsi at fullback and just let her whip, whip, whip balls onto Piemonte's head. And that is something that concerns me about this World Cup is Italy don't have a plan B in attack um, because Piemonte is not there. But Orsi wants to play centre-back and it looks like she is going to be playing centre-back. And I, I was struck on whatever, what day was it? Saturday when I went to Ferrara. But just how much Bertolini leaned on Orsi because not only was she at the centre of a back three with Lenzini to her right and Linari to her left. It was Orsi who was coming across all the time to take instructions from Bertolini. When you think Linari and Lenzini have played so many more games for Italy, they've won everything there is to win in Italian football. Um, they should probably be the leaders, but it was it was Orsi that was getting all of the contacts up. When I saw that happen like the second or third time, I said, well, Orsi's on the plane. There's no doubt about it. And the fact that while Morocco didn't necessarily cause too many problems for Italy, you could see that Orsi was just on it. Like she was she was very, very good. She did impress against Morocco. Um, she will have tougher tests. But based on that, I instinctively, if you were to ask me to name a back three, I'd go with it, Lenzini, Salvai, and Linari. But now after that Morocco game, I'm thinking Orsi might be starting when we come up against we when we when we see Italy come up against Sweden and Argentina and South Africa. Like 
it's an interesting one now. There's there's a bit of discussion to be had. Yeah, I think it's it's not easy to pick a starting eleven here, really. Um, no, and also the I suppose the Argentina game is possibly the hardest to read, in the sense that I was just checking before. So Italy is sixteenth in the rankings, Argentina are twenty eighth. So bear in mind, rankings often mean little. That gap means that you know there really is very little there. <clears throat> you know, that's that's a that's a small gap in the scheme of things. I'm, so it's hard to read that game. It is, and I'm going to explain why this doesn't matter later on. But Morocco are seventy two. Mm. <laughs> exactly. So, um, where you know, whereas vice versa, we know Sweden are good. Yeah, and we know South Africa are having issues that we talked about, which will likely affect their quality on the pitch. Um, not that that means that Italy have got slammed on three points or anything like that at all, but you know they have to win that game. <laughs> um, and if that's their final game, that's not necessarily the worst situation. Or do you want to play South Africa first if they're in all this disarray? There's logic both ways, but yeah, I always think that all of the talk about what order you want to play games in, I don't think it really, I think it's just a nice thing to talk about, but in, in yeah. the end, I see what you mean, you don't want to get hammered in your first game like at the Euros last year, if Italy didn't play France first, they might have gone through, because they just mm-hmm. like were humiliated, but ultimately I think more often than not, unless something like that happens, it doesn't really matter. No. Um, Where's my water? Midfield. Now, Julio Dragoni is the headline. Um, based on wait, when she, when she went to Barcelona in the winter, right? Mid-season, yeah. Yeah. Um, she played four games for Inter. Hmm. I don't remember her playing, but it's 92 minutes yeah. altogether. So it's little bits. But So she stacked in first-team experience, um, which is why she's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... I mean, I suppose who's she there in place of? Is it because it doesn't it doesn't seem right to say she's directly there in place of Piemonte because they don't play the same position? No, like I guess Simonetti is probably the the yeah. one, isn't it? But or then, Danley, I, but she's been out of the picture for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like I. So if you compare it to the Euro squad, in theory, Emma Severini, Jada Greggi, and Ariana, not Ariana Caruso, and Julia Giorgoni. They've come in at the expense of Galli and Simonetti and another that I can't think of. What other midfielders um, missed out? Right, Rizzucci. But in in reality, it's not quite the case because Jada Greggi not going to the Euros was mental a year ago. And mm. she's... I said this time last year that Jada Greggi is Italy's best midfielder. Over the last year, she just reinforced that she is Italy's best midfielder or one of Italy's best three. Like, there's you can't dispute that she's one of Italy's best three midfielders. It's not even a talking point. Um, Rizzucci's injured, so she can't go. So the the only like players to to drop out were Galli and and Simonetti, and I, I like. Galli's another one of those. She's been an excellent servant to the Italian national team. And as a character, she's brilliant to have around. But does she ever really do anything that makes you think, oh, yeah, she should be here all the time? I don't personally think so. And Simonetti had a year at Inter where, like, Inter were decent in parts, but is it criminal to not take her? I don't think so. I've seen a lot of people who don't follow women's football be surprised by it. 
And a lot of people who don't follow women's football are saying she was the best player at the Euros. Yeah, but that's but that, a that low bar. Two games of football, doesn't it? Yeah, the doesn't count. Yeah, so... and like that was we we don't want any memories of that European Championship yeah. <laughs> coming into this. I think, is that not just swayed by the fact that she scored? Like she she scored the. I can't remember who it was against. Well, now, was it she she was brave, wasn't she, in possession? Like she mm. did things that other players won't do. But Manuela Giuliano does that. Ariana Caruso does that. Ariana Caruso's got a year's more experience behind her as well. Not her greatest year, but Greggi can also do these things that Simonetti was good at. I, I think, in terms of like for like, Greggi is the Simonetti of this group, and Greggi's a far better yeah. player than than Simonetti is. I mean, that's the thing with this this these six midfielders that she picked. It it's quite rare, probably going into a tournament, men's or women's football, where you you, you could pick six midfielders for a, a squad, and it is abundantly obvious which three yeah. should be yeah. starting, um, which would be obviously Caruso, Giuliani, and Greggi. Um, Chinoya. That's a weird one. Yeah, I, see, I. I really like Chinoy, and I've gone on about that many times. Right. But there's no getting away from the fact that you know, she's been pretty peripheral for Juve in the last year. Mm. Um, she's nowhere near as important as like when we started covering this properly. Um, so I mean, whether it's some sort of experience thing as a sort of counterbalance, given that Salagam's not there, I don't know. Um, maybe she thought it was too much to get rid of both of them, but. Yeah, it is a slightly odd. Yeah. I, I suppose if if Rizzucci was fit, maybe then she would be there instead of Chinoya. Possibly. Yeah, but I think like I probably would have taken Galli over Chinoya, mm. but just because I, I don't really know why, other than she's, set she's pieces. She's a wide player as well. Is the thing I don't get it at all. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. she's got a great set piece, but Lisa Botin and. Manuela Giuliano will both start and they're both brilliant at the set pieces as well. So I don't yeah. I really don't understand the Chenoya inclusion. It, it might just be a, an experience thing, but do you think she could end up as a wing back in this no, team? No, 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 no. Because like no, yeah, she can't move. <laughs> and also if you look at the defense, uh Digo Yelmo can play on both sides, Benedetto Orsi mm. can play as wing back, Martina Lanzina can play as wing back. And Eliza Bartoli, like if if you're having to put <laughs> <laughs> Valentina Chernoya way back, we're in we're in trouble. I think. Uh, see, the more I think about that sort of area, the more I think that Bergamaschi would be a good player yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, she in... can play on both sides as well. Mm. Yeah. But hey, that's not what's happened. But yeah, the midfield, like we say, how many how many minutes Dragoni and Severini get? I mean, I mean, she. They have to get something. To Severini plays. Severini yeah. plays. Um, Dragoni probably if Italy are in search of a goal, but I don't know if. So we saw it last year at the Euros, didn't we? Bonfantini was more experienced than Dragoni, but came into the tournament with that same sort of feeling of she could be the game changer when it's yeah, needed. Yeah, she was the sort of pocket but rocket, if you like. Then Bertolini didn't use her until the last fifteen minutes of the last game when it was already done. And he thought, mm. what's the point then? So I do wonder if Dragoni is going to be one of those and if she's being taken with a view to the future more than this tournament itself, which there's merit in. But it it is worth highlighting. She's played 90 minutes of first-team football this year and those were all in the first half of the season. Now, 
we do have to caveat caveat that again by saying she is phenomenally talented. Like mm. the fact that she's been well known in the world of Italian women's football since she was about fourteen because everybody's just been like, "Have you seen this girl play football? She is unbelievably good." And put it this way, right? For like, one of the websites I work for is a quite big one, mm. um, and when I've dug around in the past trying to find like women's coverage on it, of which there is plenty, um, I've only ever seen one Italian player ever have an article about them. Drag on it for when yeah. she went to Barcelona. Well, she's talked um, about as being the like the Italian Messi and stuff. She was actually speaking yeah. about this herself recently. She's like, I don't think I can have that name anymore because. I'm at Barcelona. <laughs> That's a bit disrespectful, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but like, she's unbelievable. And... I like the idea that she was owning it before she went. To <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can like when she's a schoolgirl and stuff. Well, she literally still is, isn't she? But when you know what I mean, when she's playing like school football and stuff, you can understand her. Yeah, I'm like messy because no one can get nearer. Like no one, can... you know the. They always go like viral on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. There's that little kid. Um, oh, what's his? I can't think of his name, but he's got long hair and everyone always thinks he's a girl, but he's not. And he is just like, he he's playing foot. He's the smallest little fella you'll ever see in your life, but he's playing football as if he's an adult against other kids. Dragoni's like mm. that, where she's just taking the piss. Like she's so good. And it, it I think there's a statistic about her being like the only non-Spaniard in the history of Barcelona's La Masia, the women's side. Like, that shows how good she is. The fact that Barcelona, the best team in the world, signed her, like, speaks volumes. So, Bertolini did say after the Spal, or was it before the, the Spal game? I can't go to Ferrara and not think Spal. After the Morocco game, that um, it, it it would be really nice for a player like Dragoni to be playing in Italy, which I, I thought as soon as she said that, I was like, "Well, Dragoni's going," because <laughs> Bettolini sees a lot of it, merit in taking her. Um, and to be honest, it was an interesting one in the Morocco game because she didn't. She looked a little bit shy when she didn't have the ball. Like she she looked a little bit shy to call for it, or when players didn't pass it to her. There were a couple of times where she would have been in a right center and be like, why didn't you give me the fucking ball? Like, it was free at the edge of the box. But as soon as she got the ball, all of those doubts that seemed to be in her head disappeared and she was just driving past. It was great. So she is exciting. And if she plays, I do think people will sit up and take notice of her. I'm not expecting her to go out and dominate like Messi in the 2022 World Cup, but she'll show some flashes if she plays. That you'll think, oh yeah, I can, I can see why she's there. Um, but I think Severini will get more minutes than her because Severini's, well, she's nineteen. She's had a brilliant season at Fiorentina, um, and she's kind of more like all action. She's a bit combative. She's a bit defensive. She's a bit, she's a bit of a scrapper. Um, in terms of when she's got the ball, she keeps things a little bit more simple than basically everybody else in that midfield. Like she's not going to score you goals, is she? Like you look at those that midfield six, and she's the least likely to get amongst the scoring. But she's box to box, she's energetic, and she's got a really, really good future ahead of her as well. Fiorentina have just signed her permanently from from Roma this summer. It's one of them weird situations with the midfield and the youngsters, though, where 
because the midfield, a bit like centre backs, is one of those areas that you want it to be pretty consolidated. If if Dragoni and Severini get a lot of minutes, or even maybe start a game or whatever, it, it probably means that things are going wrong, really, because because you, you're gonna you know Greggi, Giuliano, and Caruso are who you want to start. And in theory, if if things are going well and they're playing well, they they'll start every game. They should yeah. do. Um, and I, I feel like as much as we want to see Dragoni get loads of minutes, if she does, probably means that they're not winning. Basically, yeah. um, it's catch twenty two. But the four woods. This is this is exciting. Three. Come yeah. on, say it, <laughs> say it. Go on. Bakari yes. is in. She is in. Um, and like you said on your piece, Pavan probably would have been as well based on that. Absolutely, um, no doubt about it. If Dragoni is there, yeah. Um, I wonder who who would cantor it. I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking out loud of who whose place she would have taken. Where she, where she fit? Whoa! Sorry, I just hit something glass against China. Excuse me. Um, yeah, forwards. The, I mean, yeah, the headline is that Martina Piemonte isn't there. Um, she did quite a lot of goals in the last season. She got 13 league goals, all but, and, and a lot of them were towards the end of the season as well. You know, she ended the season in form, scoring goals. Prob- probably, pro- she, she, well, she ended the season with the best form of any striker in the league, I'd say. Um, maybe barring... Uh, Winger, who I, I struggle to call a striker, she's yeah, just sort she's of not. a general forward. Um, and she ended with such well, she ended with eight more goals than the next highest <laughs> scorer. Um, but yeah, Pimonte ended with 13, which is the same amount as Giacinti. Um, albeit Roma are a team where the goals are very, very shared. Um, and you wouldn't say necessarily that's been the case for Milan last season. Um, but yeah, all those goals. Big physical profile that they don't necessarily have with anyone else. Certainly not, and there's no one bigger than her. Um, and she ain't going. That's the issue for me. I know we yeah. spoke, and I, I did request the, the goal statistics before we were recording. Um, but that is secondary to the fact that, like Bakari and Cantore are, they're not the same by any means, but they do the same thing. Um, Leona and Sertorini, I think, both had to go, but they're not strikers. We could probably put them in the midfield category because I think if they play, they'll be playing as wing-backs. So it's a bit deceiving yeah. to have them in this. Sertorini particularly yeah. started playing quite deep for Roma towards the end of the season. And also in the Morocco game, Sertorini played wing-back and then Leona came on and took her place at wing-back. So, like, that's... <laughs> so they're defenders. Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's five strikers there, isn't there? There's Bakari Bonansea. Cantore, Girelli, and, and Giacinti. Now, I don't want to single anybody out, but Cantore probably shouldn't be there based on this, the season she's had with Juventus and based on the fact that Bakari's probably more preferred. And I'd prefer Bakari given the form she's in, the confidence she has, that like fearlessness that I don't think Cantore has anymore. Like, I think she thinks a bit too much now. Whereas when she was at Sassuolo, she didn't. She just kind of got on with it. That that injury might have changed things as well. But I struggle to to see an argument for not only taking her, but for not taking Piemonte. Because like 
it's weird because this time last summer, Piamonte was on the plane and I was thinking, why is she going? And we had the podcast and I was like, there's no way Martina Piamonte should be going. And then she scored. <laughs> and then she looked like Italy's best player. But since then, and particularly given what she did in a dysfunctional Milan team as well this season, she's got to be there. Like, I don't think she should be starting anymore. It, it, based on what I've seen about what Italy want to do. She doesn't really fit that from the start. But there's nobody better in the air than Martina Piemonte. There's nobody stronger. I reckon Piemonte would be one of the strongest players at the World Cup. Like, she's that strong. And I just think if you're struggling and you need a goal, there's nothing to be embarrassed about in pumping a ball into a big, strong, physical striker's head and hoping they score a header and knock it down to a Bacari alongside them yeah. or a Giacinti. Like, I mean, uh, it's not that the other strikers can't do that, but they that, that's not as much their game. No, it is, uh, I think G- Girelli is that now, isn't she? Like, mm, Girelli has to do that. Less height. Yeah, and Girelli prefers to come deep now too. Mm. Uh, yeah, Balenciaga scores headers. We've seen that. Giacinti scores headers, but you know, none of them are as big and physical. There's, there's not another target woman, is there? Mm. Like... Piemonte is that phrase. No, neither have I. I <laughs> smiled as I said it. Um, there, there's no other like targets. Like you don't think, oh, we've got Girelli up top, just ping it. Like yeah. Lenzini Orsi from centre back right up top. Whereas if Piemonte is up there, you can do that and you know she's gonna get the touch. She might not keep yeah. it, but she will beat the defender to that ball every single time. So um just for the sake of the listeners, the goal tallies, you know, caveat. Goals aren't absolutely everything for a forward. But Jacinti got 13. This is all in, in the league. Jacinti got 13. Giorelli got 15. Uh, Pimonte, who's not going, got 13. Um, Bakari got five, but even more so with her, that's not the main deal. Um, Bonense only got eight league goals. Um, we were saying off air, she played a lot more in the Champions League group stage and seemed to sit out a few Serie A games, um, which obviously they didn't end up going through, but nonetheless it happened. And Cantore got seven goals. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's more just for context for listeners than discussion, really. But, um, but yeah. Bakari missed a good do. chunk of the season as well. And she was playing yeah. for a team that were fighting against relegation. Like, the, yeah. a lot of people, again, the, the people who don't watch women's football are using, oh, Bakari only scored five goals. Why is she going? Because she's fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, for me, it's, it's odd, right? Because, I don't think Bakari was certain to make the squad, but I think she she had to go. Like if she didn't go, it would have been ridiculous because she's she's she is that good and she's been that good and she's she's gonna be the striker at the next tournament. So to not and it's in keeping take... with a clear shift in ethos, with exactly. Other yeah. young people going exactly. Um, but... You know, contextually, it's not a surprise really when you look at the rest no, of the squad. I agree. I agree. Um. And people have been calling out for for like a, a change in generation. Now, it's easier to call for that than it is to actually implement it because in reality, like you can't just not take Girelli and Bonansea and Chernoya and Linari and Salvai and Bartoli because who are you going to play instead of them? Like they are there because they are Italy's best players. They're not there because they've been around, right? Um. But Bacardi is one of those kids that 
she's got to be in every single Italy squad between now and I don't know the end of her career unless she's stinking it up because she's that good. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. If Pavan was fit, oh, did you see Pavan's Instagram story? I did not. Oh, made me a bit sad. What was it? Everybody know like I'm I a big fan of Matilda me. Pavan. So it's a photo of that you can see the photo there, right? Oh, Bakari. Yeah. So they're both walking off the pitch after a game at Como. And as always, they're about a yard away from each other because they're always by each other's side. Yeah. They're best friends. Um, and Bakari is just like giving Pavan a loving little pat on the head. And the, the caption is, enjoy every second, one uh, viaggio. And it just makes me really sad because mm. Pavan should be on that plane too, but she did her ACL right at the end of the season. And she was given her debut in the April friendly against Colombia and set up Jacinti's goal and was the best player on the pitch. Like and she started, didn't she? Yeah. 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 And that was when Bakari was still injured, so she didn't get to go mm. there. Um uh, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because they should have been going there, fulfilling the dream together. But it's not the time will come. What if we're you gonna think... get a, a bit sentimental? I will say that the story of Caruso, Leona and Cantore going together is lovely because they've been really close friends coming up through the age ranks as well. Um, obviously, well, Leona plays for Roma now. She came through at Juventus. Car- Caruso is Roman, plays for Juventus and has done since she was about 16. They've been at the Italy under underage sides all together, best friends. When they're not playing football, they're going to concerts together and hanging out together. And there's a photo of them watching the last World Cup in 2019, all as teenagers in the Italy shirts together. And then there's a photo of when Italy secured qualification again in Ferrara at the game I was at against Romania. They're sitting on the pitch. And there's a photo of them looking up at the screen, which says, like, qualified for the World Cup. And you can just see the, the names on the back of their shirts. And now the three of them are in the squad together and they're going to, to a World Cup together. So that's quite a nice little story. That is very lovely. Lots of lovely things. Um, but and that's the thing with all this sort of stuff is that on a human level, even if they do go out in the group, it's like it's it's still a great thing to be there anyway. Um, and they're doing it with their friends. Yeah. Um, I think that is us because we're going to do a proper preview. I suppose we'll talk more about opponents and all that sort of stuff. Can I just quickly say about the Morocco game that it didn't matter because a lot of people are, are freaking out that they only drew nil nil with Morocco, but I made the point in the in the piece that I wrote from the Palomazzo about this, but that eleven had never played together before that game and they never will play together again as an 11. It was so experimental. There were some guarantees there, but it was basically a team that was constructed with Beccari, Piemonte, Severini and Orsi and Durante. Like that's half the team and it's a centre-back, a goalkeeper, a midfielder and two strikes. Like it's quite an important element. of It's the spine, isn't it? They were clearly just sent out and been like, show me what you can do. Show me that you're ready to go to this World Cup. So it was very experimental. And it was about individuals rather than the team performance. The team performance wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic. But of those individuals, only one's not going to the World Cup. 
So there were positives to take from it on that level. Um, and it does make me think that three, I don't know what to call it, Ewan. I think it's a three, five, two, but it's also at times a three, four, one, two, but they're really the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the most flexible. Yeah. Three, five, two is one of the most flexible things to start with. But that um, is what Italy will be playing because there was a lot of talk about they did the things that we wanted, that we've been working on recently. So I think they've been mm-hmm. working on a, on a three, five, two, and that's going to be the formation of the World Cup. Although when they play Sweden, it can be a, a six, <laughs> six, whatever, whatever. Mm. Um, because Sweden are good. Right. That's us. We'll be back at a time before it starts. It starts on July 20, I want to say. It July 20th, it kicks off, but Italy kick off on the 24th. Yeah, they're in, they're in the last group, aren't they? So I think we'll come um, back on the 18th or the 19th with a proper preview pod well, i can tell you it won't be the 18th but yes because okay. <laughs> that's rihanna's birthday <laughs> i mean we wouldn't be recording and releasing on the same day but <laughs> we might do it this one i'm gonna edit it now yeah we will do it with this one um but anyway we're just we're, we're doing admin talk now on air which we're guilty of doing often um go to total-tallyfoot.com because Connor's written lots of preview stuff that is up there, and there will be more as well. Yeah, and you will be helping me write the preview yes, stuff. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm doing today. <laughs> um, listen, I've been doing men's SEO because yeah. everyone's gone. Um, all right, we're doing it again. Say goodbye. <laughs> um, ultimately, none of this matters because I don't think they're going to win the World Cup. Well, yeah, obviously. What if they play We've each other? Got, I say, okay, what if they play each other? Okay, You'll want Ireland to win. Uh, obviously, no. I will want <laughs> Ireland to humiliate. Them. Yeah, but surely, surely you're in the mindset of that you'd rather they didn't play each other. Oh yeah, it would be yeah. horrible because I like Italy, and on on a personal level as well, some of the players are, are quite like. But if they if they play each other, I hope Ireland put them all to tears. <laughs> Why not just a two 0 win? Surely that's. Better. I was thinking this, Ireland. <laughs> would 100% beat Italy, and they would 100% beat Italy 2-0. Like, Italy mm. would have all of the ball, but Ireland would comfortably beat them 2-0. Well, you can look forward to that, folks. Can't wait. Right, say goodbye. See ya. Bye.